Psalm 95, 3, as Carlin was singing about that, for the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. Amen. So thankful that we get to come in and worship together as a family. So thankful uh, for Thanksgiving this week. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. And did you avoid the sin of gluttony? I think I did. I think I did. I practiced what I preached. So I'm trusting you guys all had a great time with your friends and your families. We're going to dig into the word this morning. It's not going to be on the screen. (laughs) So you'll need to follow along. I haven't really got to say that before, but let's turn to Exodus chapter 13. My title this morning that I worked so hard on for the screen was, uh, is cul-de-sac, cul-de-sac. Yeah, I know it's different, but that's our title this morning. And if you're in Exodus 13, we're going to start in verses 17 through 22. Everybody there? Also this morning, since we don't have it on the screen, I'll hear pages turning or thumbs swiping. All right, here we go. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear to do this. He said, God will certainly come to help you. When he does, you must take my bones with you from this place. Verse 20, the Israelites left Succoth and camped at Eham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. Continuing on Exodus 14. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pi-ha-hi-roth. Yes, say that with me. Between Migdal and the sea, camp there along the shore across from Baal Zephon, then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped there as they were told. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. What have we done letting all those Israelite slaves get away, they asked. So Pharaoh harnessed his chariot and called up his troops. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with its commander. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so he chased after the people of Israel, who had left with fists raised in defiance. The Egyptians chased after them with all the forces in Pharaoh's army, All his horses and chariots, his charioteers, and his troops. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Pi-hahiroth, across from Baal-zephon. 
As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for today. I thank you for the opportunity to be here. I thank you that your presence goes with us and that we carry your presence, God. And I know that your presence is in this place right now. Lord, we just pray for your will to be done in the rest of this service. And God, that hearts would be changed and people would see, Father, that you're with them through whatever they're facing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I know that was a lot of reading. Some of you, that might have been all you've read this week. Maybe not. Hopefully not. Good. But I want to start out this morning by telling you that God means for you to be where you are right now. Not just in this church. I mean, where you're at in life right now, God means for you to be there. Okay? Look back at some of the words that were used in this scripture, and you don't have to turn back with me, but a few of them that stood out to me as they're going up to this uh, spot where they're going to be camping in front of the Red Sea. One of them in verse 18 says, God led. Okay? Another one says, He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and He provided light at night with a pillar of fire. Another one says, I have planned this in order to display my glory. So again, God means for you to be where you are. Okay? The Israelites were no longer being held captive. They were free, and God is taking them on this journey to the promised land. And it had some detours. It was a long way to go. But through Moses, God was directing every step of the way. We have to understand that as we're going to talk about this morning. Every step of the way was directed by God. He told them to camp there. He told them to camp wherever. And they ended up camping here in the scripture right next to the Red Sea. The sea was in front of them. Pharaoh's army is coming up behind them. And the mountains beside them and the hills and valleys on each side of them. And again, all this was ordered and permitted by God. You're like, why would he do this? Why would he take them into this? As we end up in certain places in life, or these cul-de-sacs is what I titled it this morning, we sometimes go through um, extended periods of pain and pressure in our lives. And we might get trapped in these circumstances where we're hurting, we're afraid, uh, we might think that we're facing impossible odds, and we're going through some of the darkest valleys in our life. There, I'm currently there, okay? Okay. A cul-de-sac is a route or course leading nowhere. It's a street or passage closed at one end, a blind alley. And sometimes in life we can find ourselves in these cul-de-sacs, these roads that are leading nowhere, and there's no way to come out except for the way you came in. And we might have hit a dead end, and we don't know what else to do. We have to understand this morning that some circumstances are out of our control, okay? Some of them are in our control and we choose to go down these cul-de-sacs on our own. We make those choices that lead to dead ends. But in all of it, I believe as believers that God is always with us. Okay? Now, whether I make the wrong decision and go down a place, God permitted me. He's still with me. Okay? Or he put me there. He's still with me. And when we get in these um, cul-de-sacs, one thing we, we fall into is worry. Worry, 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 worry all the time. Any warriors in here? I didn't say warriors. I said warriors. 
Okay? We worry. And as I was reading through this and reading about worry, John Rice said this, worry is putting a question mark where God has put periods. Or uh, Evangelist Fulton Sheen said, uh, worry is a form of atheism for it reveals a lack of faith and trust in God. Ooh, better stop worrying. And some of us in this room this morning, we worry all the time. We start our day worrying and we go to bed in, in worry. It's almost as common for you as breathing. I've talked to some of you guys. You worry and you worry and you worry. And I don't think that's a quality that God admires in us. He would rather us say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I believe that's what he'd rather us say. No matter what my circumstances are right now, no matter what the pressures are in life, no matter how bad this looks right now, I will not fear it because he is with me. And I know it can be difficult not to worry, to not fear when things come up. Believe me, I know. I spent all summer worrying and being fearful of things. And, and I know that fear doesn't always easily release its grip on us. How can we not worry sometimes? We worry when our outflow is more than our income, our inflow, okay? When we have bills coming in and we don't have the money to pay for it, we worry. Um, how can we not worry when a loved one is diagnosed with cancer? We're going to worry. How can we not worry when our job is terminated and we have to find something else? How can we not worry when our children are going through struggles and there's nothing we can do to fix it for them? Or as we're looking at in scripture today, how can we not worry when the Red Sea is facing us in this cul-de-sac of life and we're surrounded on all sides and worry and fear as Pharaoh's army is closing with the swords drawn and they're ready to attack us? That's what we feel like in life. How can I not worry, Rick? But I want to tell you this morning that you've got to turn your worries into prayer. Turn them into prayer and know that God sees us in the situation that we're in, that he's there with us as well. We have to turn our fears into faith. We have to trust God to intervene, to help us, to, to redeem us, to heal us in those circumstances. In the story of the Israelites in the Red Sea, the Israelites follow the pillar of cloud and the fire as carefully as possible, excited about this new freedom that they had, excited about their future. But as they followed God... He deliberately led them into this cul-de-sac between some hills and mountains to the edge of the Red Sea and it's too deep and it's too wide to cross and he put them there. Gee, thanks. What a great freedom we have. He gave them specific instructions through Moses and now it's led them to this apparent ruin. We're done for Turn and camp here, and I'll go here, and I'll camp right here by this big old Red Sea, this impossible place that I brought you to. And again, sometimes God leads us to places, and sometimes through our own bad decisions, we lead ourselves into places. But God's still with us. If you're one that's caused yourself to get into a tough spot, repent. We talked about this last week. Repent and get back into God's will for your life. Okay? When you repent, your fellowship with God is restored. Now, you might have to deal with some of the consequences of your choices and your actions, but God takes things that were meant for bad and makes them good. 
He works things out in our lives. Even when we make the wrong choices, even when there's consequences for our choices, God's still in it. He's going to heal what's been broken. And just like the Israelites, God sometimes does the same things with us. He tests our faith, leading us into hardship, teaching us wisdom. And some of you guys say, well, I don't think he leads us into hardship. It's right here. He took them directly to this place. That's a hardship for them. And he led them there. All right? You know what we do sometimes when he leads us into certain things? We panic. We, we freak out. I can't believe I'm in this situation right now and this is what my life is. And we're worried. We're afraid. We're consumed by fear. But I want to encourage you in the midst of that and what I'm learning is to take a deep breath and to think about this. When you're in a difficult place, know that the Lord either placed you there or he allowed you to be there. Okay? The Lord either placed you there Or he allowed you to be there. And sometimes the reasons for that are only known by God. Oh, that's aggravating. Sometimes the reason he leads us to certain places and to certain things and and through different trials is only known by him. And that's where we still have to tell ourselves that he is Lord of all. He's either Lord of all of it or none of it. Even in in difficult times. The same God who led you in will lead you out. Somebody needs to hear that again this morning. The same God that led you into whatever you're in will lead you out of it. Walk right beside you. He'll be with you. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner our perspective changes on the situation. Our assurance of the scripture and the belief that God is who he says he is helps us in these impossible times that we think we're in. He's there. Think about some of the people in the Bible who had some major difficulties in life as they tried to follow God. Hagar, a single mom who was forced into the desert with her boy to die of thirst. Joseph, wanting to fulfill divine dreams, was captured, stripped, sold as a slave, and imprisoned in Egypt following God. David, being anointed by Samuel, was pursued by Israelite troops. Hezekiah, seeking revival, was trapped by the most powerful army on earth that wanted to destroy his people. Jesus' disciples sailed at his command on Galilee only to face a terrible night of storms and wind and waves. He put them there. He told them to go. The very Son of God, doing his Father's will, was nailed to a cross and left to hang until he was dead. 1 Peter 4, verse 12, if you want to turn there. 1 Peter 4. Verse 12. You still awake? Cul de sacs. 1 Peter 4, verse 12 says this Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. You know, a lot of times I think we read the Bible and we know the word, yet we don't follow it. We don't realize it's reality. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Things are going to happen to you. Okay? We as believers shouldn't be surprised when in seeking to do God's will, 
we find ourselves sometimes trapped in painful or scary or difficult or impossible situations. That's part of it. I talked with a brother this past week about this a little bit. Life is hard. It is. If you're just coasting through life and everything's peachy all the time, you're awesome. But you're living in some kind of fantasy land because that's not reality. Life is hard. It's difficult. Especially for Christians. That doesn't make sense, Rick. You just said we've got God on our side. Life is hard, especially for Christians. Okay? Here's why. We have an enemy who is seeking to devour us. The world doesn't. They're already on his side. We are believers. Therefore, what we believe in and who we believe in and how we walk in the faith of, of, of our faith in God and his son Jesus makes it where the enemy wants to take us out. So we don't let other people know about him. Okay? So it's difficult, especially for Christians. Jesus told us, in this world you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. You will have problems. I didn't understand to what extent he meant. Really, until this past summer. I've had some problems in my life. I've had some difficulties. But nothing like this. You will have trouble. You will have tribulation. Count on it. But then he added, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And as long as my faith is in Jesus, I can overcome anything that comes at me as well. God's on my side. And sometimes he allows our faith to be tried. He allows troubles to come into our lives sometimes. And sometimes it seems like more more than we can bear, but Jesus can bear it. He can bear it. You don't have to do it on your own. Every week we open up this altar for you to come lay things down. For you to come sacrifice. Lord, I give this to you because I can't do it on my own. And a lot of times people don't come forward because it's a pride thing. I I can figure it out. I can do it. No, you can't. If you could, you'd already done it. Lay it down. He can bear those things for you. Exodus 14, let's pick this story back up, 13 through 18. Exodus 14, 13 through 18. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Moses and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. And the first step in our lives towards these parted waters with with whatever issue you're facing is to always remind ourselves that that the Lord has either, again, put us in this situation, this cul-de-sac, or he has allowed us to be there for reasons that only he knows. As believers, if we could just get that in our minds... 
that we don't have to understand everything. I don't know why that's been ingrained in us because we want to try to always figure things out. Like the computer not working this morning. We tried and we tried and we tried to figure it out. I finally said, hey, it's okay. It don't work. We'll go without it. Reasons that he only knows. And honestly, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be real and I'm going to be blunt. And I might get a talking to When we don't understand things in our life, like I don't understand, again, some things are not for me to understand, I I get that, but when we don't understand when major things happen in our lives and we're we're super uh, down and depressed and struggling, that really sucks. It does. Like, why can't you give me some understanding on this? It sucks that you won't show me why. But we need to be okay with that. Because some things the Lord leads us to, we're not going to know why. Maybe until we get to the other side. And I doubt we're going to even think about that when we enter into glory. It stinks is what I should have said, but I didn't. Not knowing why something has happened. And again, I know this all too well, but God has a a purpose. God has a plan, even when I don't always understand it. And if I can sit up here and say that to you guys, I believe it. As much as I don't like it, I believe God has a purpose and God has a plan, even in the midst of it. Okay? Have I witnessed God's power in the past? Yes, I have. Have you witnessed God's power in the past? Yes, you have. Have you experienced in your past that God's been a way maker? Yes, I have. You have too. He's made a way where there didn't seem to be a way. Have you enjoyed his presence in the past? Me too. And his presence is still here today for me to enjoy anytime I want to. The same God that carried me this far is not going to drop me now. The same God that's carried you this far is not going to drop you now. Even if it's the hardest thing you've ever went through, he's there. Our praise team would come back up and you'll turn in your Bibles to Psalm 37. Verses 23 and 24. Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. What a promise to cling to. Though they may stumble, we may stumble, we may trip up. You will never fall, for the Lord holds you by the hand. He has promised to never leave us. He has promised to never forsake us. He's never going to forget you. Okay? He's never going to abandon you. His love never ceases and he always cares for us. We have to understand that in the midst of things. And in this story that we're reading in Exodus, 
You know how if you've been around a while and you've been in the faith a while, you know how the story ends that, that Moses parts the Red Sea under God's direction and makes it dry ground for them to cross on and they get through it where there didn't seem to be a way. They make it through and then Pharaoh's army is swallowed up in the water as they try to pass through also. God made a way for them to get through it. He made a way. So this morning, if you're in a difficult spot, you're in a spot in life that, that you're really struggling, that you're really dealing with something right now, remember that that's God's appointment for your life. Or even if you did it yourself, you made some bad decisions, you made some bad choices, know that God's still there with you. He's not surprised by where you're at. He's still keeping you in the midst of it all. You're under, you're in this training period. You're becoming stronger through it. And a lot of times we don't see that until we're on the other side of it. But I promise you in the midst of it, he's giving you strength. And when you come out the other side of it, you'll see that God carried me all the way through it. That God was there when I couldn't even hold myself up. God carried me. And now I'm stronger because of it. Now I can take that as a testimony to help somebody else that's struggling with the same kind of thing in their life. And when we go through something, it's not meant for us to keep to ourselves. It's meant for us to testify about God's goodness. Hey, Barry, even though I did this, or even though God led me to this situation, it was really difficult, he helped me through it. And I know he can do the same for you. you got to lay it down. And there's no better place to be than in that place of knowing God's with me no matter what I'm facing. Everything that comes up in life, God is with me. He's with me. He's with me. And if I will trust him, even when I don't understand it, he will make a way. He will still be glorified in it and through it. If you'll stand this morning. bow your heads I don't know who in here this morning is dealing with stuff you might feel like in your life right now you're at the Red Sea and you're surrounded on every side you can't go back where you came from because the enemy's there and you just don't see a way out this morning I want you to know that God is with you if you're a believer in this house God is with you if you don't know the Lord this morning but I encourage you to make that decision to believe on him and confess it with your mouth this morning in this altar that Jesus is the Lord of my life and I want to live for him because I'm tired of doing things on my own. It's got me nowhere. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm down. Jesus can lift you up this morning. Father, right now, I just ask that your Holy Spirit starts working on hearts. God, whatever struggle, whatever pain, whatever fear, whatever worry is consuming some people in here right now, God, I pray that they understand that they can turn to you. They can turn to you right now and they can lay those things down. And Lord, you, you can bear them. We're not meant to bear them. You can bear them this morning, Father. You can change situations when our minds can't even conceive an answer to the problem that we're in right now. 
So God, I ask right now that you just draw people to you, to your son, this morning at these altars. Again, if anybody doesn't know you, Father, as their Savior, I pray they come and make that decision this morning to believe in Jesus, and to believe in what he did on the cross for us and believe that he rose from the grave and now he's seated in heaven. I praise you. I thank you this morning as we worship God and we pray. Let people that feel hopeless now, Father, find hope in you before they leave here today. In Jesus' name, amen. These altars are open. If you need prayer, you need healing, whatever you need, God's got it for you this morning. Let's believe together. Crucified to say